And we're here on the KNM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio, Michael Harry, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Lions NFL football. Hello, Mike. Hello, Kenny Brown. What's new with you? Oh, a lot has happened in the last week. A lot has happened. Yeah. I just want to get right into it. We're going to make this a short one today. The owners' meetings were this week. A lot of um, rules were tabled. Rules were given. Thursday night games for everybody. Two a year. Fans mad. Players mad. Everybody mad. But the owners <laughs> keep making money. Roger Goodell gives a big extension, and that's about the size of the the league matters. Am I right? Well, that, but you know, but listen, there's just a lot of information, a lot of stuff we heard, and I was mostly interested from Detroit Lions standpoint. You know what Dan Campbell had to say, what Brad Holmes had to say, and, and Rod Wood had some interesting stuff to say about the future of, of the Detroit Lions and where they're located and what they, you know, what they might be doing. So I thought, overall, I thought it was a pretty good from a Detroit Lions standpoint. It was a pretty interesting period. It really yeah. was. The one thing I'm disappointed in that they didn't solve, and I guess they have some meetings in May where they'll probably solve it. They tabled a couple of things. The three quarterback rule that we discussed in a podcast earlier is going to pass. And in the May meeting, I was listening to uh, McVay on the com- competition committee. He was on NFL radio uh, yesterday or the day before, and he was saying how they tabled that. But it's going to pass. They just need to get the language right. So there's going to be a third emergency quarterback because they don't want what happened in that playoff game again to happen any time on a game. So I understand that. I thought the uh, zero rule, bringing the zero back was a nothing burger. I don't care. You can put – no number on a player for all I care, as long as you can identify him. Uh, well, but as you know, there's a Detroit connection to that. Johnny Olszewski, oh pretty my. good running back back in night. Hold on. There's nothing wrong with having information. Is that okay with you? Yeah, go ahead, Mike. For all the people <laughs> out there listening, get ready for this one. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, uh, Johnny O was a pretty good running back back in the 50s and 60s. Played his last two seasons with the Detroit Lions. In his last five years in the league, Johnny O ran war zero on the, on the back of his jersey. And I don't think anybody else has since. Now, I can't prove that they have or they hasn't, but it's just a little note. One of those things, one of those little nuggets that makes the, makes the National Football League such a compelling sport. That information and a quarter will get you a couple of hours later, Mike. But I appreciate you wasting <laughs> five hours of research to give that, that, that tidbit out. But I'll, I'll keep that with me in case I'm ever on Jeopardy. Okay. Well, you know what the, hard, you know what the hardest part about it was? No. Figuring out how to spell his name so I can look him up. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, well, like I said, the owner meetings came and went. Um, league's doing good financially, but I'm I'm always worried this gambling thing is going to worry me. They're going to have in-stadium gambling now. And this, uh, you know, when you get teams that are going to be sold for $6 billion now, I just – this money is, is just like it keeps going, but it's always a it's always a hill up there somewhere, and you're going to start down the other side. So let's talk about the game itself, though, but we'll let all that business part go into another time. Um, Dan Campbell, very entertaining at his uh, 30 minutes at the table. Um, yeah. Brad Holmes also very – you know, Brad Holmes is the master of saying nothing. And not, I'm not dogging him for this, but – if you go through a Brad Holmes press conference, you come out of him, you're like, okay, this is the information I got. You really didn't get a lot. He's very good at giving you just enough to think you got something, but he's not He's not tipping hands on anything. No, but he gives you something. He really does. It's not an empty session with him. He gives you He gives you something. He talks about the process a lot, and I feel like I've, I feel like I've been in it for my entire life, and it's only been two years and a few months. But I think he gives you something. But Dan, but Dan Campbell is, is another level. I mean, that is one, as we, I think we found out. And I would think you might agree with me, Kenny. 
That is one smart man. It really is. And he's completely composed. He's sure of himself. And, and he gives you a good presentation. And what I liked yesterday was one of the things he said was, we think oh, we can take a swing with anybody now. I mean, what a way to put it. Yeah. He also, when he started laying out the defense, player by player off the top of his head, who's got a year, who's got a year, who's got a year here, this guy's better, this guy's better. We added – I mean, that shows you his football intelligence right there. He's And he says, I'm ready – we're ready to go right now, you know, which is right. They need a few pieces. But according to what me and you talked about and what they kind of alluded to, the draft's an open book now. We can go anywhere, any way, anytime, and we have no – we have to come out of the draft with X, Y, Z. And Kenny, you know, not that the not that the fans should run the draft, but certainly be interested in it. And I'm not listen, not you know, down play into the, the fans and all that. But do you get the, the feeling that the Detroit Lions that there's just a comfort level from looking out, looking in, that people just kind of believe that that, that they're going to do the right things in the draft? Yeah, I think. Well, I'm not ever worried about Brad Holmes drafting. Period. Even for misses that he's had in the first two years. You can tell where he was going with it, so I'm not. I don't have a problem with that at all. I just I'm very confident in his ability to choose what they need for his team, so I'm not worried about that. The only thing I worry about, Mike, and I don't know if you're getting this too, is players have to play now. And get the big end. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why. Um, NFL. I don't know if you saw NFL uh, morning show. You don't have NFL Network, so you wouldn't have saw it. But I don't have NFL it. Network we don't get it. Yeah. on Wednesday morning or Thursday morning, excuse me. Michael Brockers was the featured guest for the day. Yeah. And he was going through the situations and everything with Detroit and blah, blah, blah. But Kirby Joseph was also a guest on it on Thursday. And I'm just worried now that it's a little too much adulation being thrown out. And I hope they don't get that early wake up call. And that's something that Dan Campbell's going to have to be careful of you know it's too many back patterns now and you know you got to keep that edge that you had the last part of last season that's the only thing I'm worried about now it's too much we love Detroit and every and they're like soaking it in right now but you got to get back to work you know I was I was listening to one of the radio shows today and they were talking about the Detroit Lions uh, uh, when they made the playoffs in 2011 it was 2011 wasn't it and they were 10 and 6 and really looked like they were going places. Started the next season, okay. You know they got a one game in overtime to get to four and four, and they lost the last eight games. They finished two four, four and twelve. So it could happen. Yeah. It really can. Just when you think, you know, I don't know if you're ever over the hump, but at least you get to the hump. Yeah. And, and you think we're we're there, and no, you weren't. Yeah. And it wasn't that year today when um Marinelli's first year they finished with a big streak at the end of the season. No, no, that was no, no. I'm talking about the. No, Schwartz was the head coach at the time. Yeah, I know the Schwartz. They, you're talking about, I'm talking. About, what did another year with Maryland when they went, when they either started hot and and tailed off at the end, or oh, they started hot when they won those games. 19, no, no, it was twenty uh, two thousand and seven. They were six and two. Right, they started and they hot. One and seven. They right, and they're one, one and seven, seven down the way. So they thought they had arrived early. They were winning real close games early, and then it fell apart. And they and barely they, had, they barely won that seventh game. I mean, that was a game that came down to the last mm-hmm. play. That Kansas, right, the, yeah. the Kansas City, Kansas, but, they, right. but they got they got the six and two, just a blowout win over the Denver Broncos, and, and Dre Bly, who'd been with the Lions for the previous four seasons, was playing for the Broncos, and I remember him standing on the field just waiting to you know for the kneel down, and he's talking to, to uh, one of the Lions' former teammates, and he said, "You guys are really good." Well, they weren't. 
Yeah, so you got to be careful that. And Brocker said that the, on the uh, show, NFL Network, he said that that you got to go back there like we put everything aside and we went game by game at the end of that year. You know what? I I thought that he was going to stay with the organization. I know nobody said it. And they, they were looking for a D-line coach and they hired a guy. But I thought the Lions should have hired him as like, an, a, you know, one of the assistants to come in. They did that with uh, Sean Hamilton. I, I don't see why. He's a very bright guy, and I think coaching is in his future. Well, it could be coaching. It also could be front office. Guys take different routes. Well, I'd know, like what? to see the Lions retain him in some part. Yeah. The introduction today is just yeah. NFL player, but he's a very bright guy, and, and he he handled himself great last year after being benched and, you know, um, pretty much put out the pasture at the you know, last half of the year. He wasn't even active a lot. But you never made waves, and he still controlled. He was telling a story today about how Kirby Joseph would come out and um, come through the walkthrough without shoes on. He's like, man, go put your shoes on. And he would say, you got to do X, Y, and Z. And Kirby said, I got it. And I started wearing it. And he was right about me doing things like that. And he said he was really a well-respected guy in their locker room. Well, I wouldn't. one thing I would not fault the Detroit Lions for is for using or not using uh, veteran players in front office and, and coaching positions. And this this whole thing, I'm, I'm here at the Allen, at the Allen Park headquarters right now as we speak. This area, this whole building is just, I wouldn't say littered, but with ex-players, people who've been, you know, played actually played the game, managed the game, and so on. So I think they're really on top of that kind yeah. And speaking of former players, uh, the Lions brought one back surprisingly early this yeah. week. Marvin Jones comes back through, and I've heard a lot of radio talk about he might get cut already and just idiotic stuff that goes on on the radio airwaves. And I'm not excluding our own airwaves sometimes. but (laughs) You're not signing a guy for three million bucks just to throw it away at training camp, right? Unless he just falls off the map. Yeah, Yeah, he just has to fall off the map. And then you're still going to get a few games before you actually uh, cut. So I think he's a perfect replacement. If you're not gonna spend big money to replace DJ Chark, his numbers actually, even though he played the full season, were better than DJ Chark's. They had the same number of touchdowns. He had more receptions, and I think he had about the same yards, or a little, a little, a little, yeah, a few more yards than uh, Chark had. But I, I wasn't a big fan of it because I don't want to bring, keep bringing guys back who've been here because I think you've got a culture now and you need to bring your guys into the culture. But if you're going to bring back a guy, he's a great guy to bring back if you got to yeah, do it. This guy is, if you talk about a guy who's in shape, my gosh, he really is just, I mean, there's not an extra ounce on him anywhere, I don't think. Just, he's a good team guy, he's a good player. No, he's got, what, 500 and some career catches, 7,000 some yards, and, 50-some touchdown catches, so he knows what it's like to produce. And, you know, look, he, when he last year at Jacksonville in the playoffs, he made a big, big catch for them in that game they won. So he knows what it's like. He yeah. really does. Like I said, and and, uh, and besides all the on-field stuff we're talking about, great locker room guy. You know, you you're know not going to find a better guy. Right, and I hope he still has that. That store open as we can get some of those uh, some of those products next <laughs> I'm sure he does. So that was it, and they they flirted earlier this week with Calais Campbell. I guess it's the old timers tour because Calais Campbell's probably the oldest player in the NFL, nine quarterback, and uh, he's 36, but he signed with Atlanta. But I think that gives you a clue as to what this last position. They got a lot of money left, like I said, yeah. and the third most going into the week. I think they're going to find a D tackle. 
before the draft, and then they'll go in the draft really open-minded. But I think D-tackle is the last position, besides backup quarterback, which is a whole other thing, that they have to they have, they want to sew up before the draft. Well, I've got my uh, third mock draft coming out this Monday, and I just might have them taking a defensive tackle 18th overall. Very nice. Very Something nice. to think about. Well, no, I'm not thinking about it because you know who I well, want. You know yet. who I want at 18. Bijan, no, baby, Bijan. Well, I want Bijan if he's there. I don't care if you sign Montgomery. Bijan, that's my guy. If he's there at 18, I want him. That's Bijan Robbins of uh, Robinson. Well, just for he's a one oh. he's a one name guy like Cher, Madonna, and Prince. Now he's Bijan. We don't have to even say a last name. It's Bijan. Well, there's only one. There's only one. one. That's right. There's never another. Um, <laughs> so, receiver wise, are you happy with that? Where you won't, you don't think they need to draft one in the first two rounds? Well, I need. I think they need to add one, and I want somebody with some size who can run. And that's what I think they lose something and not and not bringing back Chark. Now, I, for whatever reason, they were apparently they weren't going to get him back. Whatever, whatever it was. Well, he wanted to go get his catches so he can get his money. I right. understand it. Perfectly. Right. I understand yeah. it. I understand right. it. He he wants to but be. He was, he'll be number one in Carolina. He was a, he was a real asset in that yeah. offense when he played. He right. really was. Now, he had a couple of couple of moments that weren't so great, but overall, right. I thought he was a really good player. And he looked, he came up big in that last game yeah. against the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football. So again, I'm going to ask you the football. question since you're evading my answer. Does I that am. take wide receiver off for you in the first two rounds? It takes it off in the first round, but then part of it is, you know, I I just went and looked through the through the off uh, through the wide receivers again. I don't see anything all that great. I really don't. I don't see. I don't see guys who like we've we've really seen some really good uh, 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 excuse me we've seen some really good wide, yeah we've seen, we've really seen some really good wide receivers in the last three four years and I just don't think that this this crew is anywhere is is close to how good that they, we've had it for two or three years now the one the one wide receiver in this class to me the kid from Ohio State is the only uh, yep. Smith Najigba is the only one that I see as a real, you know, top fifteen wide receiver. The the guy from TCU, big, fast, can't catch. Okay, if you want to sit there with Quentin Johnson, can't catch. We're not taking can't catches anymore. You got to be able to hold the ball. You know, fast and fast and big means nothing if you can't hold onto the ball. And also, Kenny, I think the things they've done in the offseason really tells you that what they may think really might be telling you anyway. Is what what they think of Jamison, uh, Jamison Williams. I just think that they he might he might be more ready to play than we think he is. I, I don't know who we is. And, I think and, I think he's ready to play know. now. I don't know. I'm, I always I mean, thought he's ready, ready to, to play. play. I mean, ready to play at a high level. That's what that. I'm saying. I think I always think I always thought he'd be ready this year. I mean, at the end of the year, I thought if if they really had needed him and wanted to get him the ball, he was ready to get. I mean, he touched the ball twice. He was, Mike, he was averaging forty yards every time he touched. Every time he caught one or got one. Well, he, you well, know, Ram want to caught one. I'm saying he just he didn't catch them all, right? But I'm saying they they really didn't need him at last year. They would just yeah. let him get his feet wet. But you saw the talent, and like I said, he, at worst, at worst, he's gonna get you big plays every game. It's one big play a game if you get him the well, ball not, three or four times. Oh, well, it's not just the big plays he's gonna give you. It's the big plays that he can give you, and the defense has to play him for those. You exactly. can't just say, well. They're not going to go to him on this play, and bingo, he's gone. Exactly. No, you've got, you've got to, you're forcing the defense to play a certain way when he's on the field. Exactly. I mean, you man, you listen, you 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 line him up wide left out there by himself. 
and you're the cornerback going, oh, please give me some help. Yeah, please. safety, safety. Where's the safety? Yeah, one or two. Yeah. <laughs> give me at least, at least one safety Where's or perhaps two. All right, well, we're going to shoot it out here. Our last thing is uh, Anthony Richardson had his pro day on Thursday. Um, a lot of the quarterbacks now are trying to fall back, like Will Levis, who was the hot name, and they, it could change. It could be Lions season, but he kind of falling back out of the top ten now or close to ten more than, you know, the five. And Richardson, he's all over the map. Some say Indy – I mean, Carolina's looking at him at one, but some say no way and – Four and five, will he go to Indy? Indy doesn't want him anymore. Seattle might. So they're all over the place. Right now, after you look at what's going on with the quarterbacks, you think four are going in the top ten still, or do you think that they're going to spread out a little bit? No, I think four will go in the top ten just because of need and, and, and teams have been jockeying for, for position. But you know what? You've got to, you just got to remember that you've got to expect the unexpected. For example, for two and a half months now, it was just a fact that that the Colts are going to move up to number one to get the first pick. Well, Carolina decided, no, they're not. We're going to do it. And I don't think anybody really seriously considered that as an option, but now that's the way it's gone. And so, you know, there's still, you know, three other quarterbacks going to be on the board after they draft, and you're going to see teams kind of jockey for position to get those three in whatever order they had them rated in their particular case. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up today. We went on a little shorter version today. Um, next week we'll come back and probably uh... – Lamar Jackson will still not be signed, so we'll have to talk about that again, and we'll just let this thing run out like a soap opera. But uh, And we'll talk about more Lions. I'm sure there'll be some other uh, pickups by next week or there'll be a little more clarity on what they're going to do in the NFL draft. So see Michael here on DetroitLions.com. Read his column. Read Tim's columns, too, while you're there. Got a nice video over there. Check it out. Uh, WGR Radio, Mitch Album Show, 5 to 7 we're on. A lot of Lions talk will be going on over the next week or two, so listen up. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Uh, We'll see you next week.